sweet Jesus. How red am I now? Hello. Use me as a fire. Three wine selector. It's okay. <laughs> hey Sheila, how you doing? Hi. 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 So uh, yeah, we just recorded for like ten minutes, and I realised I didn't hit record. So take two. Uh, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Sheila, you are a healer. I know that for certain. Yes. <laughs> Why are you a healer? Um, it connects, it goes way back to my childhood because I always felt that I was different. I always felt that I had a bigger purpose to my life, you know, and I always felt that I was a bit too mature for my age. Mm. You know, when people were talking about dolls, boyfriends... <laughs> dressing up and stuff i was like i really don't want to be doing this like i want to be out there doing something bigger than myself you know so i felt a bit more like a loner growing up like as much as i tried to connect with people tried to just blend in with the rest i always stood out Mm. because of being different as they put it in that sense and because i'm naturally a better listener than i am a speaker people always felt comfortable to approach me to share their problems share whatever issues it was they were having back then mm. <laughs> and still now of course yeah. and that kind of like opened a portal kind of opened doors into diving deeper and trying to understand what the bigger story is what the bigger picture is because people always come to you and for example share if they're going through a relationship problem of some sorts when you listen to their story and they share the issue they're having, whether the partner is emotionally abusive, physically abusive, sexually abusive, or anything. There's always something they tell you that they're not vocalizing, but you can feel it. You can sense that there's something deeper than what's going on right there. So with that, I also kind of started tapping into intuition. I started seeing, like, I'm not going to start telling you weird stuff, like I'm seeing something around you (laughs) 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 or anything or presence of some sorts. But I would see, like you can always, you can see someone's aura. Like right now I see the periphery of your body. That is your aura. Okay. So you can see the size, you can see the brightness, you can see so many things. So when someone is low, down, depressed, sad, of course the aura shrinks and then it can have like a bit of a darker color. When someone is happy, vibrant, joyous, like, you know, just in happy, in happy spirits, mm. the aura naturally expands and blossoms, <laughs> yeah, right. you know? So I kind of started seeing that mm. apart from hearing cl- the, there's clairvoyance and clair- what is it called? Clairaudience. I can't really, blah, blah, blah. I, I can know clairvoyant. Is there another type of, yeah, there's different types. Oh, is there? There's different. Yeah. 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 I yeah. thought clairvoyant was a person like Claire, and then her oh, son, really? like Mrs. Voyant. <laughs> no, That's not the case. No. Oh, no. Okay. Is the <laughs> what is it? What, what is, is clairvoyant English? Or is it like yes, French it or is. something? It is English. <laughs> <laughs> that is yes, my... But <laughs> that is my first and only language I speak. <laughs> um, so a clair, what does a clairvoyant do? Um, it's someone who has the ability to see. So you can see beyond the physical. So you'll meet a lot of people who call themselves mediums or some sort of psychic who sees spirits or sees things 
from out of this world from another world yeah. you know so that ability to see beyond the physical is what we'd call clairvoyance so are you are you when you meet people then are you really mm-hmm. tuned into body language and how the posture and facial micro expressions <laughs> you know the way people do stuff like this is that something that you really pick up on yes 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 yeah. i do i do i do it's also more of the sense the ability to sense and just like as much as someone is talking to you and they're smiling and they're happy there's the sadness there's some sort of sadness there's something in them that's just not sitting right there's like a heavy energy in everyone do you think in a good deg- amount of people to some degree what about people's voice mm-hmm. it, can you when you hear someone speaking can you tell things by their voice i mean as in terms of trauma they may have experienced how comfortable like for example mm. supposedly i've heard a theory that a very high-pitched fast voice um is a sign of like being nervous being hu- maybe highly strung uh, ha- carrying a lot of tension in it uh, do you, is this something that you would pick up on if you met someone as well that you would would you read into this or is this just uh, is there no um, what's the correlation mm. no it's connected it's all connected in some sense and yeah you can always tell a lot by the way someone talks the speed at which they talk the tone at the tone that they use and just even the accent because i definitely don't have uh, an irish accent or whatever but (laughs) so it's easier to tell like oh yeah she's not from around here or she's probably (laughs) from that side of the world you know it's always easier to pick up on that so it's just a natural like it's just an obvious thing but then there's always okay i can't really you know there's some things that just cannot be explained Mm, mm. so i'm just trying to find a way to explain it but just in simple <laughs> in simple sense is you can always tell a lot about someone by the from the way they speak mm. and also as well the bits between when they're speaking um this is this is why i think like face to face conversation is so it, it's unmatched really yes. uh, in terms of understanding people um i i do i find that whole topic really really interesting um you know, non- non-verbal communication, essentially. And I know you're talking about a dimension beyond that. You're mm. talking about the the non-physical, as in, like, things you can't even see, the non-physical, as it were. Um, when you're um, when you're doing a session with someone, mm. what, what does that involve? Because I know you've got a lot of certificates. <laughs> you're, there, you're like, as you said, <laughs> yeah, when we met um, a few weeks ago, we had a coffee and you were saying like you're addicted to learning yes. <laughs> and completing yeah. courses. Yes. So if someone like what what services do you offer and what do they involve? Hmm. Um, well, I'm a yoga teacher. OK, I've been teaching Ashtanga yoga for over seven years now. Also did my yoga teacher training in Ashtanga and Hatha and have more training that I signed up for as well. <laughs> Again. <laughs> the most certificates. Yes. I <laughs> just did that actually two days ago. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> so, yes. So, my yoga teacher, I'm an energy healer, energy therapist. So, I use prana. I uh, use crystals and just 
intuition as well. I'm an oracle card reader and a spiritual guide. Mm. Yes, I lead people, guide people on their spiritual journey, their awakening, because a lot of people go through some form of trauma and they're like, okay, I didn't, this kind of like, you've been living your life with the eyes closed, mm. walking blindly, and now you see and you're like, oh my God. But now with all this knowledge, what do you do next? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually help people on their spiritual journeys as well. Because sometimes ignorance is bliss. Oh, yes, indeed. We've all been there. Myself you don't want to face it. Yes. yes. Uh, speaking of which, this is probably the good time to do the reading. Yes. What do you think? Yes, sir. Now, because <laughs> this is audio, mm -hmm. some of it, some people might not, might not be watching this, I'm going to explain what, we're, what I'm looking at. So Sheila is holding a box. Mm. and she's opened the box and a, a golden light is coming from the box. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> a dove has flown out the box. Nah, I'm just adding some spice. Uh, she has a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these she are showed me the deck of cards. Of cards. Yes. <laughs> just to be sure you know what's going on there. Yeah. So what I always do is... These are oracle cards, right? Oh, yes, oracle cards. I, I don't know. It's not really preference, but I guess oracle cards chose me over tarot cards. What's the difference? Tarot cards. Um, there really isn't much of a difference, but it's the graphics, I think, would be the major difference. Oracle cards are softer. Mm. Tarot Physically cards. Physically softer? <laughs> <Or> <laughs> no, visually. Oh, visually softer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're soft in the eyes. They're not harsh. Tarot cards can be very aggressive. <laughs> you can see a yeah. little demon. You can see a tail. You can see horns. You can see so many things. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But mm. it might be a bit too harsh for some people. Yeah. Although a lot of people do prefer tarot cards. Yeah, tarot cards. For the brutality of it. Yeah, <laughs> I've only seen tarot cards once, and that was in a James Bond film. I think it was Sean Connery, Roger Moore, one of the old ones. And it was uh, this Asian lady. She was reading. She was kind of flirting with him, but also doing mm. these tarot cards. And then she took out one, and it was like, it, they were quite uh, traumatizing, yeah, you know, yeah, like skulls yeah, and. Yes blood and stuff like this yes, but um yes. so yeah these are softer okay good softer. now is there any uh etiquette for the table do i like not touch the table or not touch um, the cards or? the thing with anything to do with energy readings or energy healing is there's no protocol there's no form of order whatsoever people will probably put it in place to kind of instill fear. <laughs> I'm like, okay, behave yourself. You're in charge. But yeah. yeah, yeah. You can literally be sipping on tea. You can be definitely not on the phone. But yeah, yeah you just need to be present. You need to be okay. receptive. You need to be open to the reading. Okay. And right. what I always do with clients before readings is just send them a little profile of what they need to do before the reading ask the right questions like what they what do they want out of this reading what are they experiencing now what guidance are they seeking are they receptive to this form of reading what are they going to be doing after they receive this reading you know so it's like a little guidance a little mm -hmm. guide for the reading and then during the reading we do whatever we have to do then after the reading there's like a little aftercare what needs to be done after okay. as well so people will be taking notes i've had clients literally bring out a pen and paper. Mm. It's all right. I've got it. On, I've got it on. It's being recorded. Yes. So, <laughs> so you're sorted. You're good there. Huh. You're good there. You don't. You so. assume you don't want more tea. Oh uh, no. You no. see, it takes no. a while for me to actually yeah, finish my. Yeah, I get you. I get you. No yeah. rush. Yeah. 
So. And is this so the one you're doing now? Is it going to be the one card? Read I'll do like the single card reading. Okay. I normally do the past, present, and future reading, which will probably take a whole hour. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the single card reading will just be your guidance. Uh-huh. Yeah. So probably set the intention in your mind whether you want guidance for the day, guidance for the week, guidance for the month, and then whatever card I pull will resonate with the kind of guidance you're seeking. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Out of the card as well. Just give me yeah. one knock. On the cards. I'm knocking yes, the cards. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What are your thoughts on the Ouija board? Um, Is there something in it? As in? I have no thoughts. No <laughs> thoughts? Okay. No, it's just, you know, everyone has their calling. Mm. Otherwise, I'll be so obsessed with all these modalities and practices that are out there. Mm. So I always just follow what my intuition guides me to and i take it from there mm. yeah so some people yeah i haven't met anyone who uses them yet a ouija board i would love to yes i would love to my dad is the most skeptical person ever like if i say something to him um oh dad did you hear this he'll say where'd you read that and <laughs> so it's always but he did the ouija board when he was a kid and he oh. was in in a mayo in the middle of nowhere where he grew up and he said that it was moving around like it was going to different things and it was it, it freaked them out that's the one could you call that a spiritual experience yeah 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 that's the the spiritual experience that he had and uh it shook him it re- mm. yeah so it, it's amazing how someone who is an adamant skeptic when it comes to spirituality can have them their moments so yeah. all right so we pick the first card and just i pick it yeah yeah yeah. And just, I just pick it, it and just place it down face up yes sir please just on the side Oh, that's cool. Oh, look at this. This is wonderful. You know, you have the fourth chakra, which is your heart chakra. And you have Archangel Raphael guiding you. Yeah. Fourth chakra, Archangel Raphael. Yeah. Yeah, He's the angel of healing. Mm. Yes. He's the angel of healing. So basically what this card, can I share? Yeah, yeah. How deep can I go? I'll go deep. That's so good. (laughs) So, what this card is saying is Archangel Raphael is with you. He's guiding you, he's protecting you, he's removing whatever elements. There's a lot of energy. I'm getting a lot of more of not really emotional more of a mental stress energy you're experiencing now and it also has a lot to do with self self Mm, yeah aware you have self-aware okay but then on this journey you have a lot of questions you're seeking the love questions you're asking and you're still waiting for answers on and as much as you appear to be physically healthy physically fit there's something internal that is causing some form of harm have you suffered from depression i know there's anxiety but then have you suffered from depression um at some point in your life 
I would say I have felt depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason why I, I don't know if I can say I've suffered depression is mm. that I, I know people very close to me that have, and it's like, you know, not wanting to get out of bed, not getting out of bed for days, mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. I have never been like that, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I've definitely felt that there's no point to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the energy. And anxiety is the highest level you're having, experiencing right now. Anxiety. Mm. Love anxiety energies. Yeah? Mm. You're confident, but not as confident as you'd like to be. Mm-hmm. You are self-conscious. You're very self-conscious. And that's outside like way outside our conversations we've had so you probably have had some yeah it's still mental i'm still getting mental Hmm. so there's a lot of mental healing you should be diving more into mental healing yeah clearing decluttering your mind relieving that stress the moment you hit your yoga mat you feel relief peace isn't it Mm -hmm. So you need to carry that sort of peace with you in your <laughs> head. <laughs> mm. That's the kind of that's the message Raphael has. So whenever you feel down, low and out, call upon Archangel Raphael and he'll be with you. <laughs> yeah? And uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um now the fourth chakra is your heart chakra and yeah, yoga teacher, so you're already familiar with the heart opening poses you should be doing so this card is actually telling you to do a lot more of your heart openers Mm. there's a lot of bent up energies and emotions there so as soon as you open this up you release let go and let the healing sink in Yeah. yeah so when you do your heart opening poses or when you're meditating focus on your heart and visualize green around your heart area so in pranic healing, we have 14 chakras plus. In Reiki, they actually acknowledge seven chakras. Now we have our heart chakra in the front. In pranic healing, we also have a back heart chakra. Now back heart chakra is where we store all our unexpressed emotions, all our whatever it is we don't deal with now, we always throw it in the back, <laughs> you know, throw it in the back. But then as you throw it in the back, you're creating cords. And those cords are getting stronger and stronger each time. So call upon Archangel Raphael to bring in healing and then call in Archangel Michael to cut those cords and release. So you start feeling lighter and you start (sighs) feeling Mm. more relaxed as well. You had a question. No, interesting because practically, uh, from a practical point of view, uh, we say about the heart opening, I uh, I was born with a relatively severe deformity, where which is called pectus excavium, and it means that your chest con- concaves inwards. Mm-hmm. So one in five hundred boys get this, and I think uh, sorry mm. uh, one in five hundred boys, I think like one in two thousand girls or something. Um, but mine was like really severe, mm-hmm. so I didn't bother me at all when I was growing up as a kid. But then when you hit puberty and you're in after playing a game of football you take your shirt off in the showers people would like mock me saying you know that, that I, it looked weird whatever um but 
psychologically it didn't affect me that much because I kind of had an outgoing personality I could give a bit back but I would say that it did make me self-conscious in terms of uh, relationships mm. so I'd like like even when I go for a swim I leave my t-shirt on you know mm. and uh, then I got an operation when I was 16 to have it repaired and it was a barbaric operation oh, no. I mean they cut me open nipple to nipple actually right under the armpit and they actually cut across through one of my nipples right which is a bit shoddy workmanship mm-hmm. <laughs> but um they opened me up took the muscle out they sawed off the cartilage in each rib that was deformed mm-hmm. and then they screwed a metal bar in there then the, about six months to a year it took for the cartilage to grow back normally so mm-hmm. not concaved and the doctor said to me, right, and it looked so weird, you could actually almost like see my heart beating through my rib cage. It was, I had no muscle, all deteriorated oh, and atrophied. So the do- I was 16. So the doctor said to me, um, like everyone, people going on holiday and like trying to meet a girl for the first time, and that type of thing. And I was, looked like a skeleton basically with a big scar across me. Mm. But anyway, so the doctor goes, right, you need to do push-ups. And I'd never done any real exercise before. He's like, do push-ups because you need to rebuild that muscle. Mm. So then this put a thing in my head of like, the more muscle I have, particularly on the front of my body, and that sounds weird, the more of a man I am. This is my transition from boy to man. So uh, within like a year, I actually put on a good bit of muscle. And I, there's a picture of me where the lads were like 17. And like I've kind of got a muscular physique for a 17 year old boy Mm. but that never really went away i was like right then i started meeting women uh, girls i suppose i was 17 they were um, girls (laughs) but um actually there's a story there but i won't go into it but um and then but then i associated right if you've got muscles or you're got an athletic physique that's a man whereas if you're skinny you're a boy still so to keep, so then I became obsessed with doing push up, push up, push up. Uh, did a little bit of boxing. It was all about push ups, push ups. And then when I went into yoga, the one thing I was good at was arm balancing. So you could, I could do arm balances because my upper body was very strong from pushing all the time. And then that reinforced, like, okay, you're becoming quite popular now because you can do these cool looking arm balances. Mm. So it's like, right, I'm looking better. I feel better about myself and I, it's making my work more in demand, as it were. The downside of that is I didn't do any like back bends, any heart, heart opening. And also as well, I like the feeling, the adrenaline of being strong. I like the, when you're doing like loads of chaturangas and you feel, you leave the mat feeling almost mm-hmm, like pumped mm-hmm. and psyched and the prana's moving, energy's moving. The heart opening stuff kind of brings out that feminine side that i try to suppress yes i try to keep it down because yes. i have if i think if i have too much feminine it will quelch my uh, not quelch that's the wrong word it will uh suffocate my masculine mm-hmm. as it were so um you know and then like you get in, you obviously get into a relationship and you're kind of like right i'm the man you're the woman we have a child and like now i'm the breadwinner so you add on to that like mm-hmm. i have uh, basically look after the family financially as well um so that that mentality uh, carries through into my physical practice it's all about strength pushing getting strong um but if you suppress the 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 softer side of you the feminine side um there's going to be an imbalance so i i really hear what you're saying there about high opening back bending be more being more almost like passive and um letting things in as opposed to always pushing things out yes um 
so yeah that that does resonate and the other thing you said was mental exhaustion or mental uh i think you said like anxiety or something yeah yeah, yeah. um the phone <laughs> i mean i'm sure we all go through this I, i'm addicted to my phone like that that's that's pretty much hands down <laughs> I, w- I would say that that's relatively common i hope as in it makes me feel less <laughs> of a freak <laughs> and weak that i'm addicted to my phone but uh i'm trying to address that um what do you make of that yeah it makes sense <laughs> it makes sense but then basically like i think because you're aware of it the transition becomes much easier mm. you know so even as you're telling me your story you're telling me like okay you're tapping into your childhood you're tapping into your little inner child <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know you're tapping into that space and you're like okay even as you're talking about you still felt a bit uncomfortable talking about it because you're going back to that stage in your life and feeling the emotions you felt the thoughts you had and the people who are around you and how they made you feel and what how you coped with that feeling by actually trying to get your body back try to have that strength try to keep like it's like you're fighting uh it's like fighting a disease you never had oh brilliant yeah yeah Yeah. That's really good. Because what you experience is the physical body's experience. It's not your soul's experience, you know? So your soul journey is to learn the lessons in this lifetime. So the lesson you learned is, okay, yes, I have been through this. Now I have to work out on this, work out physically, but now you have to do the emotional work <laughs> and the mental work because those two work together. Mm. those two work together so you're aware mm-hmm. you're in it so even if you're my client i'll be so happy like yeah there's not much work to do i don't know why you're coming <laughs> to me you already have the answers to the problems you have <laughs> you know so it's like you're on the right track you're on track yeah. okay you just need constant reminders kevin <laughs> for some reason you have a stubborn energy that always needs some form of re what's it called a little my english is leaving this body you always need reassurance <laughs> yeah it's like you always need a form of reassurance that yes well done you're doing it good That's job so keep going yes you did it well oh the video the video is perfect it's good yeah. you know That's so, so true. last yeah. night last night again i was playing football and wednesday nights and uh someone bollocked me out of it basically someone had a go at me and mm. it really got me down and then the next person who's like higher in the hierarchy they're like the captain of the team was like i did something good and like well done kev and i and it i was running around then like crazy it's amazing how like i like to think of myself as being a real strong-minded person mm. don't need other people da, da, da. but if someone gives me a pat on the back it really boosts me if they put exactly. me down it really puts me down but then it depends who's saying it obviously but, oh yeah of course yeah of course of um course. i want to learn about your life <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> i'm the healer here <laughs> no, yeah but um is that is that our, our session done with the cards yeah that okay, is you cool. done with the Thank cards you so much. i'll pull another one for you there's another one that probably you need to look through pull after one. this yeah you want to pull it now or you want to pull it after i'll pull it after after very good we can do is, that is that good yeah yes, yeah yeah yes, okay yes, that's your personal one because i want to learn about you <laughs> now obviously you're like oh shit <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> but before um heal with sheila before yoga with sheila uh you've had a really interesting life uh, and you when we we met for coffee the other the other week um 
you spoke about your your experiences with religion and i know by the way i would like to uh, and you correct me if i'm wrong mm. differentiate between spirituality and religion oh yes now i don't want to cause any offense but this is my take on it i feel like spirituality is about love and compassion it's about understanding each other i feel like religion piggybacks on that a little bit it organizes it slightly and then sometimes depending on the religion it can kind of put rules on top a little bit a stack stack on that and i feel like spirituality is about liberation whereas in my experience and i i'm open to being corrected religion is about sometimes compliance adhering to what everyone else is saying and not stepping outside of that that's why i stepped away from religion but it doesn't mean i don't believe in god because i feel like a society without religion is actually quite vulnerable to another ideology or another uh, uh, way of thinking um and this is why i think spirituality can be so powerful because it's something that doesn't force you to believe a certain thing but instead it opens your mind up to think in another way that's what i love about um so on that sheila um i'm really interested because you've uh lived and experienced different religions so would you mind talking about that yeah sure but you gave a very good explanation our job is done <laughs> <laughs> no but specifically because because i'm i'm yeah. i only know about christianity catholicism mm. um and i grew up in a quite strict religious upbringing uh but that i don't know really much about other religions in oh, that yes. depth and i'm just interested about your background you, so would you mind yeah yeah so of course i grew up christian Mm. very strong christian family my grandfather is a very strong catholic mm-hmm. <laughs> and my grandmother's lutheran so from my mom's generation they always had the option whether you wanted to go to the catholic church yeah. or you wanted to go to your mother's church lutheran mm. so i think that's when that openness started with the first generation i always called them the first generation in my family <laughs> my mom's generation because i think them having the option to choose was already like it wasn't okay it was still religion but then it wasn't very restrictive you know because if you're born to a catholic family it is catholic you have to go to <laughs> the parish every sunday by fire by force as you say back home <laughs> <laughs> you know you have to no questions nothing nada mm. you know and Now my mom having had that option um left Tanzania at the time and moved to Zimbabwe. And there she went into another Protestant church, a Pentecostal church. Okay? So we grew up more in the Pentecostal church. Mm. Clapping hands, dancing, singing, crying, stuff you would not get in the Catholic church. Oh, you that, know? that sounds great. Speaking in tongues. Wow. <laughs> It was always a spectacle growing up in our age. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a Sunday show for us all the time. Yeah. You know, until we reached our teenage years. So I was a happy Christian, very familiar in the way of the Bible, but with religion, I still stand to be corrected. I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, not representing everybody else out there. Um reading the Bible when I was in the church was very it was structured you know you had to understand the bible according to what the preacher was saying 
So it was his own interpretation of the Bible, not based on your own understanding of the Bible, mm. you know? So with that, we just had to follow, like follow the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not lie, thou shall not steal, thou shall not do A, B, C, D, and all that stuff, you know? And you follow the commandments. We need structure in our lives. We would not have civilization without some form of structure. So at least we can commend religion on keeping people straight, you know, in that aspect. But later on, I started asking questions. And these were questions that the youth pastor, the pastor, the preacher could not answer. And because I had these kind of questions, they started telling me that I was possessed by a demon. I needed deliverance. I needed prayers. I was not listening. I was being disrespectful. So my father, I was living with my father at the time and my father and stepmother. And they called some people to come over to pray for me because they needed to cast out the demons that are making me question <laughs> religion and the scriptures. So they did that. Apparently, according to them, I guess it worked. I have no clue. I was still the same Sheila. <laughs> I don't know. So, I was like, okay, cool. And then next thing, I was taken to a traditional doctor. And I was taken to some mountain somewhere um, in Zimbabwe at the time. And he, it was so bizarre. I still remember that day. It kind of feels like a dream, but it was real. <laughs> so, I was taken up to some mountain area, taken down into a little open cave. So it was nice and open on the outside. You had to climb down to go into a little river. It's not really rivers, like a little, what do you call those little? A stream? Stream. It's not really a stream. It's just like spring, spring water. Some a geyser? Spring, something. Like when it comes out the ground? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Is it called a geyser or geyser? One of those. So he cracked an <laughs> egg on my head for some spiritual reason. I didn't, I was just like, God. I'm done with this. I'm about to swear. I'm done with this stuff. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. Is it over yet? No, it's not over. We had to go up the mountain. And then he had a white dove in one hand and he had the black one. So he said the white one represents purity, cleansing, that whatever demonic things are within me because the church could not remove the evil spirits from me. <laughs> the white bird will signify um, purity and cleansing. And then the black bird, who normally fights apparently with the white bird, <laughs> would mean that I still have the spirit in me. So praise be to Jehovah. <laughs> the white bird flew away in peace and the black bird, I don't know what happened to the black bird, but they did not fight. There was peace. So to my dad and stepmother, then apparently I was cured from or whatever evil spirit was within me left. So still my, I still, I didn't get my questions answered by the way. Mm. So I went back to my mother's house. Well, I was a rebellious teenager at yeah. that time and um, continued with church. But then I got curious. I was like, hmm, what's, other religions are out there because all I'd known in my life was Christianity, whether it was Catholic, Lutheran, Anglican, Pentecostal, all these other like Christian sects. And I made a few Muslim friends along the way, a few friends from Lebanon. They introduced me to the Quran. I started reading the Quran, which is very fascinating. I still wasn't content. <laughs> you know, I still wasn't getting the questions I had answered. It was still guidelines. Because, you know, I always refer to spiritual books like the Bible as motivational books. 
they're supposed to motivate you and just offer some guidance. You're not supposed to worship the book. You're just supposed to acknowledge it, take the lessons, move on, interpret it in whatever form, whatever way you want to do it and go with it, mm -hmm. you know? So started reading the Quran, did a few teachings, uh, went to a few um, classes, the conversion classes and stuff. I was like, okay, but no, I'm still, I still want to be controlled. I want to be free, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, then moved on to um, Buddhism. So I joined a Buddhist temple in Nairobi at the time. It was okay. But then I was still, you're still controlled, you know, like, oh no, you shouldn't do this because according to the book, A, B, C, D, oh no, enlightenment means this. It does not mean that. And I'm like, I'm meant to be feeling liberated. I'm meant to be feeling free in whatever practice I choose, you know, to practice. But then I'm still feeling caged. So a few years ago, I took a trip down to India for my yoga teacher training. And of course, because um, my grand, my mother's side of the family is Indian. So I kind of got a bit curious about Hinduism mm. and took my trip down to India because I always told myself if I'm ever going to go to India it's for something spiritual not leisure not shopping nothing and I started reading the books I started getting into the practice I connected with the teachers I it was just eye-opening because you know Hinduism is a religion in some sense, but then it's also spiritual practice at the same time. So it's always how you choose to take it, how you choose to practice it. Yeah. And yes, I felt a bit liberated, but then still I was feeling caged <laughs> because I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm on my road to enlightenment, but what if I don't want to be enlightened now? Even though I was already, but I was just being stubborn looking for any way out possible <laughs> you know so it's like oh if you don't do your mantras in the morning or mani padmi ham sending out the love om namah shivaya or, you know all those mantras connecting and they're like oh you know you've not done your spiritual practice you know if you don't do it you're not going to go on your path of enlightenment and all that stuff and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> so you know like having experienced gone through that journey of religion and now getting into spirituality, I kind of found a way to like, like merge the books. Like when you read the Bible the first time, you follow the rules, the guidelines, because when I was born, I didn't ask for the name Sheila. It's my parents who gave me that name. I didn't ask to be Catholic, Pentecostal, whatever. It's something that my parents instilled in me. So who is Sheila? Who am I without my name, my identity, my practice, my upbringing, my academics and all that? Who is Sheila or who is this person without all those things? So now as soon as I got into that thinking, I literally hit the nail on the, <laughs> you know, I was there. I was like, who am I without all these things? So now I started looking at the Bible and then realized like, huh, it's like you're reading the same words you've been reading all your life, but you read them on a deeper, not yeah, it's like a deeper level. It's like a, a level of 
understanding. Like, for example, I would take, okay, one of my favorite scriptures growing up because I was a girl. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Matthew 7, chapter 1 always says, judge not that he be not judged. Mm. So it goes on further to say, first remove the log in your eye before you remove the speck in someone else's eye. Mm. So, of course, the church would interpret it in whatever sense they're trying to interpret it. But then... When you look at it, when you look at the bigger picture, you are loving your neighbor. Your neighbor is you. You, me and you, in that sense, like, okay, you are who you are. You have your story and everything. I am who I am. I have my story and everything. But then we connect. We are connected as one because we were created as one. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You know? So create, it's like... Keep kind of uh, the created equal in the eye of God, as it were. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. But then who is God? Is it the God that the Bible has told us about? Is it the God that, like, if you have whatever little ornaments, little ritualistic things, is that God? Like, who is God? This is a problem with a religion and all religions because what you're saying is your definition of God, your rules and your psalms and your scriptures are the only ones that can be true. I, I, that's my interpretation. And then, therefore, other religions aren't as relevant or maybe are obsolete, not needed at all. Um, so who is God? Um, so do you believe there is a God? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, do you follow a religion now? No. No. So religiously speaking, are you agnostic, atheist, would you say? Or, or are you just... Um, Maybe it's best not to put a label on it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> someone asked me that recently, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, what are you religious? And I said, I'm, um, I think I said I'm agnostic, I mm. think. But I, I just I just don't follow a religion, but I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't Good rule it out at all. So. Yeah, because life can be very difficult. And mm. sometimes it's nice to have that community, to have a roadmap, a guidance to what is uh, the optimal way to live and I, I i me and rach have had this discussion about bringing up our daughter are we going to bring them up religious her up religious or not and um it's complicated because rach also grew up in a very religious household like even way more religious than, than me mm. but she's not anymore and i think when you've gone to that extreme you almost do the reverse you you can't you as you said, you don't feel liberated. Mm -hmm. You feel like I'm being watched all the time and I'm being judged all the time. I mean, I'm actually going to, um, I plan to bring on a pastor. So I went to uh, the Phoenix Park a few weeks ago and there mm -hmm. was a, a mass being given by this pastor. His name is John Ahern. Mm. Um, and oh, Sheila, it was like you were saying about the, the Pentecostal church where people are fainting and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> singing and stuff. People were like that, at, at the, not that, uh, creative but in the phoenix park on a sunday in the middle of dublin people were like mm, and like he say uh praise the lord and be like everyone's like mm -hmm. and they're like Amen. yeah and, all, and everyone's like getting into it and i was like i like this i i could kind of see myself <laughs> like it's a bit like when i used to watch go and watch arsenal play football <laughs> to me that's a spiritual experience mm, there's mm. thousands of you singing in uh, communal singing Mm -hmm. um you're willing uh s the same goal on together 
And the bonus of going to a football match is that there is actually sometimes a goal and then you will celebrate together. Yeah. Obviously, there's, there's downsides of, of football, uh, f- being a football follower, like the ideologies in football, the, the radicalism in football. Like when you go to a football match and you're like, I'm, a, I'm an Arsenal fan. And then you'll see a Chelsea fan and be like, oh, fuck you, Chelsea so fan, cute. you scumbag, whatever. <laughs> and this could be your friend who lives down the road. Because they've got a different colour shirt on, they're the enemy. You go home and you, uh, this is what happened to me. I don't watch football at all now anymore. I have no clue about, I don't know who the players are, who the team, well, I know the teams are, anything about it. Because I realised that I go along on a Sunday to watch the football and I turn into this radical person that's like shouting at a complete stranger and I think, what am I believing in here? I just, I just, I want to belong so badly that I'll follow anything just yes. to feel like I'm part of something. Yes, and that's the thing with religion because it's good. Like, I would get my, I would encourage my daughter to go to church or follow whatever practices it is she wants to follow because we are social beings, you know. And socialization, obviously, we have we have it in school, the process we have it at home, but then we also need some form of socialized um, socialization elsewhere which would be the church in this case so of course i wouldn't be the person i am today without my religious background you know i wouldn't have reached this level of thinking this level of awareness without the religious aspect so if i did not have any form of religion whatsoever it i wouldn't be the person that i am today you know without it so it's definitely i would encourage i would like, yeah, I'm not religious, but I'll still go. I will step into the church. I'll go to the church. I'll sing. I'll pray. I will chant. I will do whatever it is I have to do at that time. But then I don't get attached to it. It's a practice. I celebrate it. I acknowledge it because there's an energy in a church. There's an energy in the practice that comes with it, you mm-hmm. know, so I'll still practice it. But then still on the question of who is God or what is God, Like, we all have to understand that on our soul journeys, we came into this world alone through parents, of course, but we came into this world alone and we're going to leave alone. So where is the God in all of that? You know, so a lot of people, because I've done a few classes um, on achieving oneness with the higher soul, spiritual essence of man, and a few other classes as well with the Planet Healing um, Center, is God is everywhere, you know? And people would always talk about the God within. Yeah, it's not the God that's written in a book or a God that is the unknown God. There is a known God and that known God is within you. Okay, so the God within you can adapt, can shift, can focus, can um, shape shift (laughs) into whatever. Like it is just you as the individual. You have an issue, you look within, you dig within. Like, sure, you'll go to a counselor if you have whatever issues it is you're having. You'll go see a doctor if you've hurt yourself, you're not feeling well. You will go and see a teacher if whatever academic issues you're having. But then at the end of the day, it is you doing all those things, Mm -hmm. you know? So it is you entering the church, leaving that church. It is you going to the doctor, going back home. It is you going to school and coming back. 
but you're saying this uh, I like this theory because you're giving you're empowering people to say that you have God within you and um, it's the I don't want to I like this is just my experience but Mm. I found in Catholicism it was you are born with original sin you have to spend your life repenting for that and therefore it's this uh, like um, kind of a collective guilt that you have and you have to repent for constantly so you and you should be kind of scared of your sexuality growing up um and um you know confess the priests now they're they're the negative sides i would say of that that religion that i experienced but the positives were um some of the ten commandments are quite useful you know um some of them obviously out of date like don't covet your neighbor's wife i think that means like don't steal your neighbor's wife it's like (laughs) you shouldn't be stealing wives anyway it's not it's it's frowned upon (laughs) um so some of them are obviously out of date but that jesus if he if he did exist I, i think there is evidence that he did and you know he was a prophet at least he dropped some serious knowledge i mean he dropped like as in you know, uh, let he without sin cast the first stone. Um, these these things still ring true. And I think when things become, things that stand the test of time do so for a reason because they are uh, a- applicable even now. So I think like when in any theory or, yeah, in any theory, you shouldn't throw the baby out of the bathwater just because a lot of it might not be stuff you agree with. Maybe some of it is. And this is what I like about, I find really interesting speaking with you, is you've experienced different religions and you wouldn't be the person you are now without experiencing them. Yes. Um, so, do, but do you think, do you think as a society, I know it's a big question, but do you think we need religion? <laughs> or is that a loaded question? <laughs> I feel like I just had something tap me on the head like, Sheila, you better watch what you're about to say, girl. <laughs> maybe, well, you can say maybe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we just need some form of guidance. Religion is just a guide, you know? So it's like a form of guidance on the right path. So it's like telling your child, um, mom, I want to go outside and play. They go play, they come back and like, yeah, I got into a fight. The parents come like, yeah, yeah, I got into a fight. How dare your child hits my kid? Blah, 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 blah. Now, what would you say to your child to instill some form of discipline if you did not have that form of discipline in your life growing up as well? Mm. You know? Well, we, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, exactly. the, that's the thing because there's no guide. I mean, wh- when I was growing up, my best friend was Nigerian, right? And um, I say his name's, his name's Ogo, but shout out to Ogo. But uh, Ogo, me and me, my mum and his mum are both religious. They go to mass every Sunday, mm. right? So we had really similar mums because of religion. So culturally, although Ireland and Nigeria are so far away from each other, they my my Irish mum had more in common with his Nigerian mum than my um, English uh, friend's mum. You know who mm. who never went to church, who didn't mm. follow a religion, mm. because they're like God fearing women, mm. and you know they. Uh, so it's amazing how religion can shape culture, yeah. even from like yeah. different parts of the world. Yeah, and that helped us to be like, you know, if you're bold, if you're naughty, your mum might give you the wooden spoon or the yep. slipper or whatever. Yeah, and if she's not there, God's watching all the time. 
So yes, indeed, you better watch yourself. <laughs> you, you can't do anything. <laughs> so, so you you better behave. And in a way, it, I, I can see the appeal of that. Um, so I, I'm really torn on like I, I'm at, but I'm opening to I'm open sorry to ec, uh, experiencing religion again, um, especially when it comes to raising kids. Um, but just to say to them, look, this is not an ideology. It's not all perfect. Some stuff you can disagree with mm. and you're not a sinner. You're not condemned. Mm. Uh, because as I mentioned before, I really do feel like if religion is not in a society, uh, initially when you're growing up and figuring out the world, other things can come in its place that yeah. may not be as helpful. Mm. Um, that's, that's what I find anyway. But um, but spirituality, is there, now that we've done like a, you've done a, like a one card oracle reading, um, from a practical point of view, mm-hmm how would one go about being more spiritual well all spiritual beings have a human experience <laughs> perfect <laughs> you, you know so we're all spiritual we just need to be aware of it and be open to it because mm. we're all on a spiritual journey <laughs> that's what i keep saying because i know you had mentioned um something earlier on um what was the word you used oh i can't remember but the first thing that came to my mind was karma you come into this world with a karma Mm. with a karma that you have to it's like paying back on into your karma bank so the more good you do the more you put into your good karma the worst stuff you do will be carried into your lifetime you might have the same experiences or worse experiences into the next lifetime but um now actually I forgot what I was actually talking about. What were but, you saying? Uh, I, I asked about um, how to become more spiritual. Oh, how to become more spiritual. Um, there's no way of becoming more spiritual. You just need to embrace your journey, be open-minded, and just take it one day at a time and have no expectations whatsoever. And more so, like, realize it. Because I, I think that, um, it, based on what you said, if you realize that you are already a spiritual being, when you're from the moment you're conceived, maybe before you're conceived, um, then because you know, like for example, in the in the East, in China, they have a different philosophy to when you become you, as it were, mm. and uh, how where you feel about yourself. They think about more like the heart, or we think about the head in the West, as it you know, I hate saying East and West, but just to generalize. Um, <clears throat> but being more spiritual, I think why I think the block we have and I have is that we. I mean, um, Blaise Pascal said, the French philosopher, all of man's uh, problems stem from him not being comfortable on his own. Mm. So Mm. basically, people don't like to be, that's not verbatim, but people don't like to be on their own. Yes. There is your phone, which is a constant distraction for boredom, for loneliness. Yes. But the most brilliant ideas, the biggest revelations, whether it be spiritual or, or otherwise, come from those quiet moments. Yes. Uh, and um, that's what I think we and I can bring more into our life. And this is where I think you, you come in, is um, giving people a chance to reflect. And also, uh, this expression is overused too much in yoga, mm-hmm. but holding space, as they say. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a different phrase, but, but, but really to be... Uh, uh, and this is the thing about when you come to a class or you when you go for a session with you... Um, Sometimes as the person who is being visited, like the teacher, mm. the healer, you feel like you need to constantly be 
fixing, fixing. Whereas often the person just wants to be heard. Exactly. And they want to be seen. Yeah. Um, so speaking of which, I'm conscious of your, your time. Where do people go to hear and see you? <laughs> good thinking let's see no, what time no, that's good <laughs> um well i do have my website herewithsheila.com i have my social media platforms here with sheila as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> on instagram facebook i have my twitter account but not so active <laughs> but it's there um my youtube channel as we discussed earlier on not active but still evergreen yeah (laughs) and that's also here with sheila so i've just maintained the same brand name throughout and because i'm also trying to get a lot of light workers healers and coaches therapists on board i just started the new platform healing with healers Mm. so it's just a platform where people can come and connect with a healer they resonate with the most because not everyone's going to want to get a healing done by me. (laughs) I wouldn't want to do yoga or go see a specific person because of probably the way they did their hair that day. I didn't (laughs) like it, so I'm not going to take them. Like, no, no, we're not. No, it's not happening. (laughs) So you might find someone you resonate with, like whatever service they offer. And all, and it's so funny because I had someone ask me the other day, like, so you're busy promoting all these people. What's going to happen to your business? You're kind of like hurting your business at the same time because you're kind of pushing people away to other people. Aren't you supposed to be keeping these clients, keeping these people? And I'm like, no, you have to share. You have to give. It's in giving that you receive. Not that I want to receive, but (laughs) it is what it is, Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm working on transforming as many lives as I can being a positive influence in whatever way I can. I come to people from a non-judgmental stance because this body has been through a lot in this lifetime. You know, the mind has been through a lot. My emotions have been left, right, center, down, below, and everywhere in this lifetime. So I feel like I connect with people in a very cool way <laughs> in a very <laughs> sympathetic compassionate non-judgmental way you know like if honestly if i could actually give my services for free i would but with the world we live in i need to also survive and put food on the table <laughs> yeah, of course. you know so i would occasionally give a free session to someone i feel spiritually connected to that they really do need a session or some guidance of some form you know i'd also i think you've noticed i also kind of like do a few free card readings i just probably put up a little note in my stories like guys answer this question and one of you get a free card reading (laughs) (laughs) then i get the questions coming in so it's just ways of being off service without being too intrusive like too (laughs) you know so yeah i'm happy doing what i'm doing and just a side note Mm -hmm. like i always offer card readings and crystal therapy because a lot of people don't believe in the unknown so they always want something tangible they always want something they can connect with so cards are visual and we're visual beings that's why we pick the partners we pick (laughs) buy the clothes we buy eat the food we eat because it looks very nice and colorful and presentable in the plate for some reason (laughs) so if i'm to come to you and say yes i'm an energy healer i'll do a healing for you you come over or we do wherever and i just say lie down i'll do the healing 
you wouldn't feel that much of an effect like that kind of like okay did she really do something or did she just go down and have a cup of tea <laughs> waited for the hour to finish up like hey we're done <laughs> you can go home now <laughs> you know so i always try to include cards crystals some form of touch some form of chance something that kind of makes reassure someone and says okay i'm here i'm doing something <laughs> mm, yeah. you might not see it you will definitely feel it but there's something happening, mm -hmm. you know? And still on the point of spirituality, you have to reach a certain frame of mind that everything is an illusion. Moment of silence. Let's <laughs> absorb that energy. Everything is an illusion. So we just have this little mental box where we just create things that make us feel comfortable and uncomfortable and just push us through life. So these cards right here, we just have them because they have to be there as a form of guidance. But at the end of the day, everything we need and want and desire is in us here, mm -hmm. you know? So just be aware. I feel like saying, and discern. I feel like saying amen. <laughs> you can say it. Can I say it? Amen. <laughs> Praise <laughs> the Lord. There's a tambourine. <laughs> no, yes. that's so true. Um, I that that mindset is is really powerful. Like the the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset. Uh, you, no one can thrive on their own. You need p peers. Oh, you need yes. people yes. similarly minded to you that you can collaborate with. That you can share yes. ideas with. Um, when you're in the mindset of I'm going to keep everything for myself and, uh, and not give anything away, um, it's it, it, it won't, it, you won't thrive. You, mm -hmm. you just won't. So um, I think what you're doing is is really um, important and very and very effective. Um, so yeah, uh, um, Ashida, that was fantastic. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, pleasure. We'll do it again thank sometime. You. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.